few a few thoughts today on living water. Um, hi to all our Zoomies today. We've got quite a few away today. Most of them are Zooming in, so Marlo. So that's good. Excellent. Hopefully um, uh, everyone's doing well. So we want to talk today a little bit about living water, what it is um, in the scriptural context, uh, and, and relate uh, it a little bit to, to what happened to me yesterday when I did something really stupid, climb a mountain. Raywin, you're an absolute legend. <laughs> Get up there and back, mate. That was tough. Mount Matthews is, is not a walk for the faint-hearted. Um, and uh, now my legs are faint-hearted. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, this living water. Uh, and I just, so I want to start with just a few facts about water because water is this amazing thing. It's an amazing. If there's no water, there's no life. You cannot sustain life without water. It's impossible. Most of our planet is actually made up of water. The majority of the planet is made up of water. Um, here's some here's some water facts for you. I'm not sure if you knew this, but most of the of the water in our in in our world is in the atmosphere. And if it all came down at the same time, the whole world would be underwater. That's incredible, isn't it? And the scriptures talk about the fact that there's a water cycle, and this is all by design. God has done that. It's fantastic. A person can live for about a month without eating. You probably think, no, I couldn't, but you can. Your body will survive for about roughly a month, but you will only last a few days if you don't have water. 70 to 80% of your body is made up of water. It's, it is, it is critical for life. Um, Yes, I learned this. It's off the internet, so I'm, I'm going to go with it. Um, there's about the same amount of water on the earth today as when it was formed. The water cycle, it's all happening. There's, there's no more or less water. It doesn't go anywhere. Evaporate, form of ice and snow, and back into the rivers. It goes into the sea. It evaporates. It's, it's, there's no more or less water than there's ever been. In other words, God has given us exactly enough water that we need to, 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 to preserve life. Here's some cool stuff as well. Some people learn this the hard way. But water expands by 9% if you freeze it. So if you put it in your water bottle and you fill it up to the top, you're going to burst it. That's what happens. But that's quite an amazing thing. It is, it's really amazing. Frozen water is lighter than water. And that's why it floats. It's incredible. No other liquid does that. Every other liquid would, would sink in its own self. It's incredible. Water expands when it freezes. As we just as we just put there. So, what what that also means uh, um, is that because uh, oh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll read a little bit more. Salty water freezes at a lower temperature than water with less salinity, which means that's why the the oceans don't freeze over. You're like, yeah, I learned all this the other day in science. I'm like going, sweet, this is all new to me. Um, and so, so that's why the 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 sea doesn't doesn't freeze over. It's just this incredible compound that God has made and it's all about life and and in a natural sense water is living it's always in one of these three states it's always either a gas or a solid in terms of frozen or it's a liquid water and it just cycles around and it keeps life going um, and it's just it's just an amazing resource um, and we're completely dependent on it you don't think you are but we are completely dependent on water. It, it's, it's an incredible thing. 
So I, I want to look at it today in the context of, of what the Bible talks about, and that's living water. Um, and uh, we're going to look at some scriptures now. So let's turn to Isaiah 55, um, if you can. So I, I guess one of the things is, in the natural, you're always thirsty. You've never quenched your thirst. You have to keep taking on fluid. You have to do it, otherwise you perish. And so we're in this perpetual state of thirsting for more and more and more. And God uses that as a metaphor for man's soul, that a man's soul is never satisfied. It is always thirsty. It's always looking for more. That's why we have a retail sector. (laughs) If everyone was happy with what they had, they wouldn't need to buy anything else. But we look into our word and people are not content with what they have. They're continually consuming and, and thirsting after the things of, of the of this life. And once you get what you think you need, you've got to get the next one and then the next one. And it keeps going. And uh, the world is completely unsatisfied or in the context of what we're talking about today is they are thirsty. They're dehydrated, if you like. And, and uh, the prophet Isaiah sums it up really nicely here. He speaks the words of the Lord's and he says, for all the Santa fans out there, he says, Ho, everyone that's thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. So God is speaking to, to mankind here saying, come and take of this free, abundant water, this liquid that's available. And then he goes on and says, wherefore, or, or why do you spend money on the things which aren't going to sustain you? They're not bread. And you you labor for that which satisfies not. Hearken diligently or listen intently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So we see this wonderful promise that God has made here. He's sort of saying to the world, I understand your natural state. In the natural flesh, you will always be thirsting to try and content your own soul. It's within every person. And he's saying, see, you're buying things, you're you're seeking and uh, an education or relationships or travel or whatever it is, you're looking for something to satisfy your soul. And what he's really saying is, you haven't found it, have you? And God is saying here, you need to come to me to be satisfied. He's telling us mankind that. And he says, this is how you do it. You listen to me. You listen to me. You come in here. You come to me prepared to listen. And uh, made a couple of points on Friday night at the Bible study about listening is an important part of communication. It's ju- not just about talking. Yes, talk to the Lord, but listen to him and then act on what he asks us to do. Um, so so uh, the Lord kind of paints this picture here of a thirsty, thirsty world. Um, let's go to Psalm uh, 63 if we can. We'll just read the psalm here. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land 
where no water is. This is a psalm of David. David had a relationship with God, and he understood that that's where his source of satisfaction was. And for those that are spirit-filled, that is that is where we find our satisfaction, our rest, our peace. And it says, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy love and kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee while I live. I lift up my hands in uh, thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with the marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. It's painting this picture of someone who has come into a position of being satisfied by God. In a New Testament context, that is someone who has gone through the waters of baptism and received God's Holy Spirit with the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. And the description here is so apt. just want to relay a little story to you, something that happened yesterday. We went on this ridiculous journey of thousand kilometers it felt like and uh, we went up this hill and not one person had enough water not one of us even the people that had been we were people were coming down while we're going up and we said and they were like oh I've run out of water we got to the top and uh, this young girl would run all up there I don't know what she's crazy she'd run up there and she goes oh I didn't bring enough water no one brought enough water we all ran out and that was just at the top or just None of us knew how much water to take. We had no. We thought, oh, I'd like a three-liter bladder and drink bottles, and it was gone. We were empty, and we're coming down. I'm thinking, man, I'm thirsty. Man, I need something to drink. And uh, there was a group of us, and we we're coming down. And I was thinking, mate, we. I am just so thirsty. I, I need some water. And um, but there was nothing. I didn't have anything. And then we started to. It's funny what your ears do. You're like, oh, what's that sound? Is that because there was a river that we that we were listening for? Oh, is that it? That's that the river. Can we hear it? No, another hour went past. <laughs> is that the river? Can we hear you, please? Our soul was longing for the water. No, it wasn't. Another 45 minutes. And then when we broke out and we saw this running water, like I literally just about threw myself in it and I was picking it up and I was because we're walking down going, should we do like the beer grill string and hold our t-shirts up and drink it through that for a bit of filter? I went, forget that. We just could not get enough of this. And I'll tell you what, this, this mountain would, would, it, it can break people. I can tell you that. I can testify to that. And when we got to that water, our souls naturally were just lifted. Oh, we, we could have run the rest of it. Yeah, that's, we were just felt on top of the world. And, and I, I was sitting there in the water and I just said, I cannot get enough of this. <laughs> it's true. Give me that. And I was like baptizing myself again in water. It was, but it was just like so refreshing. And this here, I read the psalm and I thought, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. We were just cheering. We, our, our souls were literally lifted when we had water, and we just filled up another three liters of beautiful New Zealand spring water. Beautiful, it's, and we were. Oh, I was fantastic. And and you know this this is um, what it's like when we come to the Lord. We spend our time walking in the world, trying to do our absolute best. 
No one's out there trying to do their worst. Everyone's trying to do their absolute best, best with what they have. And it's tough and it's hard. And for those that then come to this living water and they're faced with the Holy Ghost and they drink of it, it's just give me more. I want the, wow, just, I want to be in it. And it satisfies your soul. It answers the questions that you've had in your life. Why am I here? Where is the peace? I need answers to, to my troubles. I need to reconcile uh, life. And God gives that to us in an instant when we take of his living water. And it's such a, such a satisfying thing. It soothes the soul. Um, and for those that are spirit filled, you must be sitting there going, I know what that feels like. When you receive the Holy Spirit, it is just an amazing, um, experience and your soul is then soothed. Um, praise the Lord. Fantastic. So I want to talk a little story here. Let's go to John four. It's one. Uh, most of us would be reasonably familiar with. And we're going to read a little bit here about the woman at the well. And then we're just going to make a few points here again. This is the New Testament example. Now the Lord, uh, I mean, when you, when you get experienced in the word of God, you realize that the Lord has just picked up the Old Testament and then he's placed it and repackaged it in the New Testament. There's nothing new. It's all, it's all, it's all the same. And, uh, he gives this wonderful example of this exact um, uh, uh, thought that we've read there in Isaiah and Psalms. So let, let's just do a bit of reading now. John chapter 4, uh, in verse, we, we might pick it up in verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey sat thus on the wall and it was about the sixth hour. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Jesus came to drink there. He was in, in the flesh at this time. Um, and so he, he understood what it meant to be, to be thirsty and to be wearied. Uh, and then it says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. Now, for those that maybe are unaware, um, Samaria was the northern part of, of, of Israel. Um, and they were looked down upon by what um, uh, we would call the Jews or the southern tribes of, of Israel. They were called that because the principal tribe was Judah. And they were named by Nebuchadnezzar the Jews. Um, and that's, that's why they're called that. And the northern part of, of, uh, Israel became known as the Sumerians because as we know in history, the Assyrian, uh, came and conquered northern Israel and they took the people out and then they put their own people in there and bred them out. That was their, um, that was their, the, the way that they did things. And so you ended up with this, this mixed race of people of half Jew, half, half Gentile, and they were called Sumerians. And so the Jewish people actually didn't like them. If you ever watched Harry Harry Potter, they were mudbloods. You know, they they weren't pure pure breed, and therefore we don't want anything to do with it. So this lady was this is what she was, and and in the type of the story as we go through, this is like the world and the kingdom of God, the pure bred and those those that aren't, and so. Um, the, the woman here at the well, she represents the world, the non-spirit filled people. And Jesus Christ, of course, he, uh, he represents the kingdom of God and those that are born in, into it. And so he says to her here, give me to drink. Now, yeah, so let's go on. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then says the woman of Samaria unto him, 
how is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? So she recognized. She said, well, why, why are you even talking to me? We, we don't get on as a race. So what's the deal here? Um, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to thee, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. So Jesus, he uses these situations to teach us, to implant a vision in us, to show us the truth. So he's saying here, he, he said to her, give me to drink. So he could get to this point where he could say, well, actually, if you knew what I had to offer you, you would ask me to drink. Um, it wasn't that he needed her to get the water for him. It's that he's trying to make a point here. And so, and then the woman said unto him, Sir, you've got nothing to draw with, and, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? And look, this is the way that the world sees you. You're, you're bathing in the pools of living water, a life filled with the Holy Ghost and, and all the trappings, all the benefits, um, um, all the peace and the joy and all the things of the Holy Spirit in your life. And people will be like, where are you getting that from? Because because we're having to slog it out over here and draw up some goodness out of, you know, the Blues winning a couple of games or something. You know, we're trying to find some peace in our life and all these, and we, this is what we're drawing on. You know, I'm, I'm getting satisfaction from the fact that I've got a promotion at work or, and, and, and I'm fighting for it. And for us, we just sit there in this peace of God saying, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for where I am and what I have and where I'm going. I don't, I'm not trying to draw from the things of this life. I don't need to use this or, or be involved in the same things to be satisfied. And so, um, and so people see the kingdom of God like that. What is wrong with that guy? He's always happy, even when things at work go bad. Mate, we're meant to have exams on, and that kid's actually happy about it. What's wrong with them? You know, like, and, and the peace of God changes us, and people don't know where we're getting that from, but we do, because we're drinking from the living water, the Holy Ghost. And uh, it goes on, where do I get to? Da, 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 da. It says, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. So then this is often what happens in the world is they say, well, actually, we know the history of everything. We've got science to prove that it all happened from some comets hitting the earth and it's all good now. Or, or they've got some explanation of, of why they know better than us, but yet they're thirsting. As they say in life, one of my favorite sayings is the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Where is your satisfaction if you've got all the answers? And so we, we see that here. And Jesus said unto her, whosoever drinks of this water is going to thirst again. If we invest in the things of, of, the, of, of this earth, and that's where we get, get our solace from, you're going to keep thirsting for all your days. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So now he's talking a language. She, she's got like, oh, this guy's he's cuckoo. He's lost his mind. What's he talking about here? And the woman said unto him, sir, give me. Well, she's going, well, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus said unto her, go and call thy husband and come hither. 
And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, well, you've, you've answered correctly. You've told the truth there. For you have had five husbands. And he whom um, thou know now hast is not your husband. In that saidest thou truly. And the woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. He's just told her his life, her life story. And this is what happens when we come to the Lord. The Lord sees us for who we are. In the world, in the flesh, we put up these barriers, these facades to say, actually, I'm in control. Things are going super well. I know what's going on. And the Lord just breaks that down by saying, I know who you are. I created you. I've known you before you were born. I know what you have need of. And I know your situation. And I know what you're struggling with. I know what you need. And then the Lord delivers on those things. And this, this woman at this time, she's now going, oh, hang on a minute. We're dealing with something different here. And he says, our, and, and then she, she goes religious on him. She says, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she jumps straight into the religious argument. And Jesus said unto her woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now the Lord is, Jesus here is starting to, to uh, reveal what this living water is, what he was talking about. The spirit in truth. And he says, for the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. In order to be satisfied and be in the kingdom of God, you need to be partaking of this. It says, the woman says unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. <laughs> and there's a bit more of the story which you can read, but I think we've taken out what we need for today. And this is just this wonderful vision here of the Lord actually painting uh, what his kingdom's going to look like and how the people in his kingdom are going to, to function. They're no longer desiring the things of this earth, but they're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And um, it's a fantastic, fantastic piece. And, and maybe just to complete the circle there, we'll just flick over a little bit because Jesus here, we know he's talked a lot about the Holy Ghost, but if you flick over to John John 7, just for um, for completeness here, it's an interesting time. Um, for those that know a little bit about here, there's a bit of a, a religious um, ceremony going on, and it goes for a whole week, and then all of a sudden at the last day of this feast, um, the priests go and get all these pots of water, and they run around and do all this sort of stuff, and then they start tipping it out on the ground. Um, and it, it, yeah, anyway, and and so in verse thirty-seven it says, "In the last day, the great day of the feast." So on the last day, Jesus stood up and he cried. He, he yelled out to everyone, saying, "If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink." So they're pouring out pots of water all over the earth to signify this living water, and they didn't know what what it was signifying. And, 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 and Jesus makes a statement. He says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So it made it really it makes it really clear here that this whole living water that we're talking about is the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. And unfortunately, it gets missed by so many. Um, and I guess that's our job now, right? Our job is to to go to these places where people are hungering and thirsting in your workplace, in your family, on the street, wherever it is, and say, you're going to keep thirsting unless you taste this. Come, Holy Spirit is living water, and you will have life. And as Jesus says, life more abundant. And so we see that here. We know in Acts chapter 2, that's the fulfillment of this. Jesus, again, is glorified, as it says there, and the Holy Ghost is poured out, and the disciples speak in tongues. It's a fantastic thing on Thursday night. We had a little special time with, with David over here. Welcome, David. Good to see you, bro. And uh, Brother David received the Holy Spirit in all of all places at Todd's dinner table. God's no respecter of dinner tables. And uh, fantastic. And what happened, David, when you received the Holy Spirit? You spoke in tongues, and it came out. And how's this? Sorry, I don't want to embarrass you, David, but it's a fantastic story because David had been reading Acts chapter 10. And uh, Todd and I were trying to tread carefully and say, oh, you know, next is baptism. And he's like, I thought that's what I came here to do tonight. <laughs> Who's going to forbid water now? And we went, not us. <laughs> so we squeezed him into the bathtub and he got baptized. Praise the Lord. Fantastic stuff. And uh, that's the living water in action. And the Lord sees us and he leads us. And we all have our own story of how the Lord saw what was in our heart and led us to this living water, the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. Look, we might just finish in uh, Psalm chapter 1. So we've talked about it. We're enthused by it. I've never had such great regard of water until yesterday, I can tell you. It was just so precious. It was, it was, I was so thirsty. I thought that it was all over <laughs> and I was thinking I need some water. And then when it was there, it was just like, it was just, it was like a childlike excitement. I don't know if I've been that excited about something than in about 1985 when I got my first transformer for Christmas. It was like, I was so excited. And, uh, and you're thinking, this guy's crazy. It's just water, but. Man, and 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 it's. I started. We had a few hours left to walk to go back, so I started thinking about it, and I thought, yeah, it's a real a real metaphor for um for longevity in the Lord is not to dry out, is to remain thirsty. Be and be overjoyed by the fact that you can pray in the living water, the Holy Spirit, and allow it to wash over you. That we can come to the meetings and bathe. The scriptures tell us that, uh, that where two or more are gathered in my name, Jesus Christ is in the midst and he, he is the Holy Ghost. So where he is, this is the pool. So when we come here, this is time, this is time to get in it. This is so precious. The trick, trick, it's not a trick. Um, and it's not science. It is what the Lord instructs us to do is to be fully involved 
in his living water. And this is part of it. Making, making the meetings, the gathering of the saints together should be number one on the list. And prayer should be number one on the list too. And reading your word should also be number one. So you're just drenching yourself in the Holy Ghost. You never want to get dry. You never, ever want to let yourself go dry because you can get like that sometimes, can't you? When you're spirit-filled for a little while, you're like, oh, yeah, doesn't matter if I don't go for a little bit of a drink. What's that going to matter? I've been in the Lord 30 years. doesn't matter. I'll just keep. And then all of a sudden, but that's not going to catch you out, right? All of a sudden, you're going to realize, oh, 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 now I really need the living water and I've run out. And, and, and so the Lord is saying, stay topped up. Don't, don't treat my living water as something that's just treat it like it's the greatest resource that you have and that your life depends on it. And, uh, I believe the scriptures, uh, when we read more of the scriptures, they tell us that that's why we pray without ceasing. Because without prayer, you dry up. Read the word of God. Jesus Christ himself said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to consume it. He also instructs us in his word not to forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves together. And I'll add my bit in there because you'll dry out. In a world that'll just suck you dry. And so be thirsty. Stay thirsty for the living water. And this is a wonderful scripture. In Psalm chapter one, it says, Ble- uh, am I going to read? Yeah, well, why not? It says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He's washing it. He's, he's, he's drinking it in. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. And I guess if we relate into that context, it's very, very easy to allow the winds of this world to drive us away from the river. We can easily get caught up in all sorts of things which will distance us from the rivers of living water. But folks, we choose to stay rooted with our roots deep in the water. Um, Praise the Lord. And it says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And that's because they'll run dry. And so for us, we're firmly cemented in Verse 3, aren't we? And we shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water. This is our life source. We are connected to it. It, And and the fruit in our life just keeps coming. You know, last week we had our sister get up here and say, had a knee problem for a while and struggled with it for a a period of time. And then, as, as we all do, then we remembered, let's take it to the Lord. She did that, instantly healed. Praise the Lord. Fantastic. And the fruit in our life will be because we're drinking from the living water. And those fruits, as we heard in the brothers in Ronald's testimony today, signs, wonders, miracles. That's the fruit of drinking from living water. Peace, joy, self-control, 
goodness, gentleness, a strong confidence. All of those things are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And you won't know where they're coming from. You know, my wife's the gardener in our family. Sorry, babe, you are. I'm not. And we've got this peach tree out the back, and it just goes bananas. Well, it doesn't go bananas. It goes peaches every every year. And and so these peaches are on it. And probably about a week ago, no joke, I went out there and I went, babe, these are rubbish. Look, they're green and they're tiny. And in the space of a week, they've, they've just blown out and got all ripe. And it's like, yeah, peach time. And and I guess the thing is, as I sat there and I went, what's it drinking on? I can't see. There's going to be no movement here. But actually, it was all happening in behind the scenes. It's, it's coming up the branches and the, and the trunks. And there's some people around here a bit more qualified Talk to we've got we've got the horticulturalist of the year sitting down the back. He he's probably got some good ideas. Another one down the front here, team leader of the century down the front here. He'll 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 tell us uh, how it actually goes. But it draws it up and it goes out to the fruit, and the fruit all of a sudden, bang! It's just there, and it's amazing. And it's like us too. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, there's not much going on, and then because we've been drinking from the living water, boom! Just when you need it, this ability to allow the tribulation of this world to wash over you. That's a great fruit to have, isn't it? Or this wonderful peace that the Lord has got this situation for you, whatever it might be. And so that's us. His leaf shall not wither. We are not the ones that are that are withering. And whatsoever, I'm going to change the, the pronoun here, ever you do will prosper because you're resting in the living water. You've done what I did and sat in it and just poured it all over yourself. Stay thirsty. Stay topped up. Keep praying and drinking and fellowshipping together and you will continue to prosper for the rest of our time on this earth and into the eternities. And all the people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. 